Nothing will come to you. You go to the water. Water will not come to you. You, you go yeah. and go again and again. And 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 you know, uh, things will happen for people who keep trying. Yeah. And uh, this is exactly how that soul came in being. After that, it was all genuine, you know, desire. Thanks for joining us for Building Pakistan, a conversation with Pakistan's beloved institution builders to explore how they've built and really continue to build this young country. I'm Benji Williams from Amal Academy, and today we get to meet with Mr. Salim Ghori, who's the founder and CEO of NetSoul Limited, one of the first and largest software houses in Pakistan. What's incredible about Salim Saab and NetSoul is not only that they've helped catalyze an entire industry in Pakistan, but the way in which they've done it, through strategic insight, a whole lot of hard work and perseverance, and perhaps through providential circumstance. During a time when most emerging tech companies in Pakistan were just focused on providing services, NetSoul built a product. It was initially a financial tool that they built for Mercedes-Benz to provide better financing to their car owners. But somehow, NetSoul was able to maintain the rights for this product and now sells it for $20 million per license. NetSoul was also one of the first Pakistani companies to go public on NASDAQ and then weathered the dot-com crash, managing to not only survive but eventually thrive into over 1,500 employees, $100 million projects, and a pretty amazing story that we dig into with Salim Saab. So, should, should we get started? Please, amazing. go for it. So, I would love to take us back 21 years ago. A lot of entrepreneurs in Pakistan start out with meeting an unmet demand. And what I think is fascinating about Netzel and your approach is that there wasn't exactly an immediate market that was ready here in Pakistan. You think about education, finance for the poor, even like quality fashion, these are kind of obvious there's a, a demand there. Um, but your story is a bit different. So I was wondering if you could talk to us about 1996, 95. What was the initial response locally here in Pakistan when, when you started, at that time, I think it was called Network Solutions. What were the challenges that you faced? How I came to Lahore in 1996, very happily living in Australia, very happily. I'm IT professional for a long time in Australia. It was working well. I was in demand. Good money, no savings, because I spend what I am, the way I am. So little saving, but good life. And then decided to move back to young girls, young family, uh, not much in the pocket. Just wanted to do something from Pakistan because I realized that Pakistan IT industry was not there. There was, there was no sign of any industry while I was in Australia. Couldn't find any sign. You saw it emerging from other countries, I saw but that. not necessarily from That's Pakistan. It's an interesting story why it happened was working for this company in Australia, and I, I look up IT services, so suddenly my manager comes to me, he says, Salim, can you please uh, set that conference room with 40 computers, PC computers, and network them? That's what I do. So I said, Jai, Jai, yeah, you will do that. What for? Ah, don't worry, just do it. Okay, you're the boss. So I ordered the computers, I was given 
weeks. So I ordered the computers, there were new computers, I ordered a network cable, I did everything. Once I got it, I set it up, everything is done, I went to gym gym, your room is ready. Oh, okay, lock it, give me the key. Excuse me? Just lock it and give me the key. Who's going to use it? Don't worry. Okay, I don't ask you any question. Few weeks later, I passed that room, the door was open, there were 40 people. All my shape face, but they were not from Pakistan. So I went to Jim. What's happening? What is your, oh, they're from India. They, they're here to implement our total uh, IT system and they'll be here for over a year. Oh, wow, from India, yeah. That was 1993. For two years, I just told why there was no, should have been a Pakistani company. Why, why no company? Should have Pakistan. been a Pakistani company, why mm. Indian? Yeah. And that's two years were most you know, frustrating for me. And so I came back to Lahore. I had no money, so I came back to Lahore. My brother Shahab, he, a businessman he was, he was doing good well here. He just talked and I, I said, look, I want to come back. So he said, why don't you come back? I said, I don't have any money. I want to come back and boot up, do IT business. And he said, okay, I'll give you the money. I said, excuse me? Yeah, I'll give you the money. I said, but why would you do that? I, said, look, I like what you do. I don't know what could be doing, but I know what you do. You're very serious. You, you seem to be very focused on you. So, and I like to take risk on you. Invest with you. Okay, that was 1994. So went back to Australia, kept dwelling, talked to my wife and Sreen. What do we do? Do we just look? I'll, I'll be with you. She's a brave soul. So we, 95, called Shah again and said, Look, I'm coming back. Are you sure? Yeah, come back. Little knowledge of Pakistan. Why? Because I was away from Pakistan for 23 years. I left Pakistan in 1973. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 73. So it was a long time gone already. Hmm. So I had little knowledge of the country. The question was very valid. But I thought there will be demand for my services. I'm an IT guru. I do software development. I do network service. So there surely will be work for me. But then I want to go overseas. I mean, I want to I want to be a global player, not a Pakistani player. So we'll take some work for Pakistan and then we will become a global. That's the dream and vision. And my friend in Australia, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? Why are you going back? Pakistan is unstable. There's so much going on. Mm. You know, things are bad. The plan was first build up the business within Pakistan and then expand globally. Uh, both things. You thought there was local demand. You both things. Into. I wanted to generate some revenue mm. so I can sell overseas. So with the money I'll generate locally, I can focus internationally because I was international. I want to do. I want to take Pakistan out. Mm. I want to reduce that. That's, that was the dream. That was a passion at that time. I had no knowledge how I'll do it. I had little clue how it would work. Hmm. No idea at all. No plan. No plan at all. I just do it. I'll go and tell people, hey, I'm Salim. Uh, buy from me. Will they buy? I don't know. That's all I had. So came to Lahore. Shab gave me the basic money. Took a small office into a small building with three people. Opened the office and here I am. DHA, right? DHA. G, G, G block. block. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you remember that story? So yeah, it's a small place. I'm, you know, I tell everybody I had two suits, one blue and one black. Hmm. So I'll just change every day, but I will go in suits because you know I wanted to be taken seriously. Hmm. Um, I think two or three times, that's all I had that time. But I'll go to office every day and I'll call people and I'll visit people, but no takers for my services. And you tell this amazing story, you had your wife call you twice a day. It's, 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 trust me, it was a psychological thing. Because I'm sitting in the office, there's nothing to do. <laughs> and I go to visits, come back, and then give people my card, my number. Hmm. 
there were no mobile phones then, and uh, and then sitting. Uh, two, three people, they didn't do anything, so I tell them to look, look, do this, to develop this something silly. But you know, nothing. So you're sitting a whole day and nothing will happen. Hmm. Nobody will come to you or phone will not ring. So you know, in the morning I'll go check the names. Okay, let's go to this guy. Let's go to Coca-Cola. Let's go to Pepsi-Cola. Let's go to IBM. Let's go there. Let's try to meet people. Hmm. Introduce myself. I'm from Australia. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so good at it. You must deal my services. And they'll be very nice to me, very polite to me. Give me a cup of tea. And as I walk back, they'll laugh at me. This guy's crazy. Hmm. What is he doing here? He shouldn't be here. Uh, so yeah, that went on, and then uh, about a month or so, I called a screen in the morning. I said, "Yare, come, please do me a favor." I said, "What? Why don't you call me at least two, twice a day? Why? You know, you don't like me to call you. I said, no, no, I want you to call. I just want the bell to ring. And, you know, and she would do that, you know. Hmm. Call, and I, you know what I'll do? I'll look at the bell and say, "All right, this is a customer calling," and I'll wait for three, four bells to digest. Pick it up, you'll be in the stream. Oh, hi. Okay. <laughs> it's incredible. So this was 96. And then I love how you talk about the most important call. One of the most important calls in 97 that came through. I, I used to read a lot of fiction. Have you read Harry Robbins? Harry Robbins. Have you read it? Dream Merchant? So. I don't know. Oh, that's before you were too young. That's but, probably, but I that's can the young it. people. You know, they have a, <laughs> a fiction writer. I'll write it down. Carl Robbins, uh, Dream Merchant, and two, three books of his. You know? mm. In that book, a young man reading, and then this businessman is desperate for work, and uh, you know, and then one day that bell rings, and he picks up the phone, and he waits to pick it up, and then picks up, it is the call he was waiting for, and then... Mm. It's amazing how that scenario repeated in my mind mm. when the scenes used to call. It would, you know... And when it is really amazing that one day that bell rang at the same time about normal she call. And I'm looking at it and oh, she's calling and and then pick up it was the call which changed that show. Hmm. That was the call. Unbelievable. It is, some people don't even say they are making it is amazing how it happened. And then I love what happened after that, which is you going to Singapore. Uh, Thailand, Bangkok. Uh, like once, what, just for a couple oh, of so hours. Oh, Singapore, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You going to Singapore just yes. for a couple of hours for yes. lunch. For lunch, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And not just once or twice, but it sounds like three or four times. Well, why did you, why did you do this? I, I mean, I had no other way of getting business. I had, I had no network. I had no, you know, uh, that was the only customer I had. And I said to myself, this is it. I'm, not, I'm going to get out of them whatever I can. I'm not going to let them go. I've, you know, I built a relationship here and I, I want to. So it was desperation. It was, uh, you know, he said, what's wrong with you? Why are you coming all the way? You spend so much money. Hmm. And I will travel economy class and I will not stay in the hotel even because I couldn't afford to. So the flights was the I will arrive same day and about six hours later there's a flight back mm. to Bangkok back to Lahore. So I have enough time for lunch and then with my bag I'll rush back to the airport. Mm. This hotel was expensive Singapore. Like I didn't have enough money. I mean, travel was enough for me to take care of that. So taxi to come and go. So they were I will calculate every single penny what was spending. So I can't stay. So I'll tell him, look I can't stay at night, but take me out for lunch. So at least he will pay for the lunch. He was kind enough to pay for the lunch. I didn't have to pay for two. 
But but it was it was and this is what I tell kids. Nothing will come to you. You go to the water. Water will not come to you. You you go yeah. and go again and again and 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 you know things will happen for people who keep trying. And uh, this is exactly how NetSoul came in being. There was, it didn't happen, trust me. Yes, that call did happen from a brother. Mm. But after that, it was all genuine you know, desire. I asked Oigen, the German guy, Litron, after a few weeks, a very good friend. And then he became on our board, still oh, on the board. I said, Oigen, why in, in the world you would risk your work with a company in Lahore with very few people, no financial backing, this this is silly. You know, he smiled and said, Son, I was not giving business to the company. I was giving business to a person who I could see with so much energy and passion and, and believe in himself. This was, you know, you don't realize what people see in you. But I was watching you when you were coming to me hmm. every time and you will sit, stand there and you're always moving and your hands are moving, your face is distorted because you're so much, you take... That tells you a lot that you will not fail me. So I took the risk not on the company, but on you. Hmm. And look, what, where are you today? That was, you know, after 15 years. I looked, and uh, I was right on the hinge that you will pull through. Hmm. So that's a message to the kids. Hmm. The, the, the startups need to understand it will not happen. Uh, miracles do happen, but you convert them. See, things happen, you convert them into miracles. Kids are suggesting, oh, somebody will come in from the uh, somewhere and put them up. No, that doesn't happen. Mm. Somebody will maybe shake your hand, but then you don't leave that hand. You make, you make sure the hand is kept, then you keep holding it. You give, you put so much in that, that other is, you know, uh, Oigan had no choice but to find something for me. I, I went to him so many times and I really, you know, bothered him so much that he said, okay, let me think of it. Go back, I'll see what I can do for you. And the incredible thing for me is, um, so you get this first call, this, this call that opens up opportunities. And at that point, it's for a services contract, essentially, for Mercedes-Benz. But you had a plan to get a software development contract. And so this is why you were going to Singapore. This is why you were going this extra mile or I guess it's probably a couple thousand miles to Singapore. Um, and then you tell this story of when they came and visited you in Lahore, which I just love and I want to hear from your side because the details I think are, are incredible. What, to, what we have to do in order to convince someone to trust us with their, I mean, their, essentially their livelihood, their product, their, their core business. The first meeting was important, which was after the call. Mm. So one day, that phone ran again. Exactly the same thing happened. And this was okay. After my Singapore visit, after, after four or five visit. Mm. So, hey, okay, how are you? You're calling me. No. He said, Salim, I think I've got something for you. Exactly what is yours. What do you mean you've got something for me? You've been bothering me with software. I think I've got something for you. Are you, are you ready to do? Yeah, 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 I'm ready to come on again. No. No, no, no. Let me come to the hall. Mm. Excuse me. <laughs> I want to come and see, meet your people. I want something to be developed for uh, Taiwan, mm. Chinese in Chinese in Taiwan. 
and uh, it has to be in Lotus Notes. There's another two. You believe you can do that? And I always say yes to anything. You know, I, I'm not a no guy at all. Little knowledge of Lotus Note myself because I'm not a Lotus Note guy. I was a DBS guy, other guy. Oh, again, that's my tool. I, I, all my life I've worked on Lotus Note. What's your problem? Okay. Uh, uh, I think they give me two weeks' time. Two weeks, uh, I believe I can bring my team and we'll come to your office and uh, we'll explain to you what we want and then hopefully you can develop. Those were the two most, uh, you know, heaviest or been a difficult time of life because I have to ignite something which is, you know, acceptable. Not celebrate, acceptable. Where you say, okay, uh, this, this environment can develop our software. Mm. So that was that story. Everything was on the line. I wish I could take my diary out. It's amazing. But I said, I wrote there, oh, this is the call which will change NetSoul. Hmm. And exactly that is the one which changed NetSoul. That hmm. was the first software development contract which changed NetSoul. Hmm. And so you were stressed for two weeks. You were especially the like, was, let was. Not, uh, don't let the light go out, the power go out while they're here, <laughs> because that would raise red flags. I, I had three problems. Power was terrible huh. in Lahore. Um, today, this is very good. I had only five people, and I claimed I had 15 people. <laughs> I claimed I have an office full of computers. I had only four computers. A space I had. So I said to my nephews, hmm. all students, I don't care how, go to your friend's houses, get me 15 computers. And bring your friends that day, no school, you have to be in the office for two days. So they all, and they're good kids, so they all got dressed, they all got their computers, every, and they were all different computers. It was funny actually. None of them, you know, they were all different brands. Hmm. You know, normally a company will buy computers of the same brand, right? And these are all because they were from the kids. Hmm. Anyway, let's get the story short. So that was, but then I realized the power was terrible in the hot those days. It would just come and go. Hmm. Today they have this timing. They call this, uh, what do you call them? Load sharing. Load sharing. Yeah. No, that was a load sharing. It was just power breaking down. <laughs> Tuck is gone. And then you don't welcome back. So I said to Shahid, my, Shahid, this is, this is not going to work. Uh, I can buy a generator. It's, you know, a few, I don't know, billion rupees. So forget it. So but, he said, let me find out if there's a rental generator. So he came back. Oh, 10,000 rupees per day. So this was two days. That, that's a lot of money. It's okay. I don't care. Get me generator. But then I want a UPS. Because we had two, two big computers in that conference room where we were supposed to talk for two days. We had AC, we have lights, and we have two big computers. We had, at that time, 21-inch screens I bought, especially some screens are big. So then we re- Painted the office, cleaned it up, you know. So I said, look, put the generator down and uh, make sure when the power goes, the lights and computers don't go off. Make sure it is seamless. He said, but sir, what happened to AC? I said, no, leave it with me. I'll take care of that. So exactly what happened is, well, anyway, they arrived. So they arrived and the uh, night before, I picked them from the airport, dropped them in the hotel. Next morning, they were supposed to come to the office and my drivers went to pick them up. So we were very anxious. We were looking at outside. You know, our Oregon bag is coming and the two Chinese are coming and we were very excited watching it. So we saw the car coming in and they parked and they got out of the car, but they won't, they didn't come up. They started looking at the donkeys and the carts outside, started taking pictures of the donkeys. 
oh my god this is terrible <laughs> no way i'm going to get the contract with this guy they are playing with the donkeys so they take pictures of the donkeys they sit like that listen and we watch it oh my god this is disaster in making and they had fun and then ultimately they come up came up and the streets were very dark where are we going up to this is they're taking us so they came up and we greeted them we looked at them took to the room immediately to them the room because i knew out there there's a problem with the power immediately rushed them to my room closed the door sat down they saw outside some kids sitting with the computer sitting you know so we came inside and uh, after introduction started the, our own presentation on how we will do their work so within 10 minutes i heard the click and ac went off that means power is gone but nothing happened Room of school, so they didn't realize thing. They kept working, and then I heard the generator switched on. Hmm. And suddenly, I, I had a control in my bag. AC <laughs> was on, so nobody realized. So, whole day, this is honestly every twenty minute tick gone, tick back, tick gone, tick back, and tick, tick, tick. It was in my hand whole day. They went well. That night, I took them to village. They loved it. Oh, they loved the food. They was well presented by my team. One of the good guys. Next day it was a conclusion day, so we started concluding, and they said, "Okay, look, we are happy, and uh, we believe uh, you can do it." So, anyway, what happened after that? So, when the child shook hands, said, "Oh, Salim, I'm very impressed with you. With, with Lahore, so you're impressed with Lahore? What's so good about Lahore? Oh, the power supply is so good here. Oh my God! You know, last two days it's amazing how stable the power supply is. I said in my heart, you have a little idea again what I've been doing." But this is a message to mm. young ones. Don't let things around bog you down. Oh, this is I don't have this. I don't have this. You will never have a perfect environment. You create that. You create that illusion around you. This is what people buy from you. But unfortunately, we always look at what we don't have. Oh, I'm sorry, I cannot do it. Why? Because I don't have that. That is not it. Mm. I love that story. I love that message, and I find it fascinating. This. Focus on product. That Netsol is fundamentally a product-based business. Although it didn't start out like that. Like you said, your first few years was you were focused on services, and you had that one line in the contract which which said that Netsol gets to uh, retain the rights to the software or the product that you were developing. And so I'm wondering how important. Was that one line? I think you had a couple of contracts in the early days, and then you. It it feels like reading your story. You eventually realized we have this product that's in demand within the automobile industry, financing, leasing, and then shifted into a product-based business. Was it always, or was it always the vision that we should be a product-based business? My upbringing is the era of Bill Gates for starting. So I saw how he acquired DOS, and on that he built his company. Microsoft was built on first DOS and then other products. And I was really, I really studied him well. Day one when I started my own computing. So I always wanted to be of our own things, not servicing others. Hmm. Services I do just to survive. That's not what I wanted to be. I wanted to be recognized with what we have done. But what could I do? I had no background of financial. I have no. I'm not a 
finances to be able to develop that but is important without money because when you developing your own selling so there's no money coming in means you need the money very important mm-hmm. okay you have a very good idea i'm brilliant i'm a very good accountant i will do a new accounting system or oh, i'm a, i'm a graduated i will still need money to put people to develop i need that right so two important ingredient knowledge domain money i need technical resources who can design and then convert that idea into a product great i have all three the last part is critical who will be your guinea pig nobody will be your guinea pig nobody will take a product and try on their business this has not been tested the most difficult thing is this part mm. the customer the first customer is the book we have seen thousands of product developed and never seen the day of flight why nobody was willing to try them it's too risky especially in the mission critical environment four things you need what did i have i had no domain knowledge very little money small money coming in a small team not expert and then of course at that no customer so once i get this opportunity i have a customer here who seek to do something on their own what if i can get this no no i got all the four what i don't got the domain because they gave me the domain they gave me the domain mm. they gave me the money too and i will have the resources because i have the money i have the customer who is testing it so suddenly i've got all four just fit of luck like that can i convince them most people what they do they take upfront money they are so anxious because they want to live quickly they grow so they say no not 3000 give me 2000 i'll do it they will not even imagine asking for right because for them uh, but i don't have will I not have the money my case was different money was a far object money was just needed to do things not for grow money was to complete my vision hmm. so I didn't worry about money at all i said yes i'll do it for 1000 and but give me the right and suddenly i had the full domain so i had the four things now this brought me the total domain which i never had they gave me the money 2 million dollars they gave to develop people i was able to put together but the biggest thing was the reference and guinea pig test site mm. the reference as a guinea pig but also <laughs> You even had Mercedes Benz come with you to pitch Toyota. Oh, that was amazing, <laughs> which I've never heard of before. Nobody has ever. <laughs> But that's a message to get a relationship. You build mm. such a relationship of trust and faith, they will do anything for you. you calling, that was my calling okay. Toyota. Calling Toyota. They said, "Call me next year. Call me next year." <laughs> Finally, I think after three or four years, they said, "Okay, we'll take you up on." Henry Tolentino was the guy. In fact, he was introduced me. to by peter kelz the thai guy mm. from thailand 
kept bothering, come on, Peter, help me. I need more business. I'm, you know, I need to grow. We were a friend. He said, okay, okay. Let me call Henry in Chota. He's my friend. Uh, and I'll ask him to see you soon. So he called Peter Henry. And then he came and said, why don't you call Henry? Uh, he's waiting for you. So I called Henry. Hey, Henry Salim. Hey, Salim, how are you? <laughs> Typical American accent, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I said, look, you know, uh, can I come and see you? No, 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 no. I know what you're selling. I don't worry at all. This year we have not budgeted and we are, we are, we are not ready to invest. Mm. But tell you what, next year, call me. This is 2002, uh, 2001. So call me next year. Actually, sure, I'll have something for you. Okay. I can force you to see me. So I put them the diary next year, full year. Let's see. So time passes. I'm busy doing it. And again, same time I call him. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Henry, do you remember this? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember how you, how things, how you been. Yeah, yeah, good. Can I come and see you? No, 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 it's okay. Look, um, I'm busy. Plus, we don't have much to offer you yet because we're still mm-hmm. not ready yet. Call me next year. Oh, Henry, so get busy. But this happened for three years. Fourth year, I don't call him because I give it up and I'm not calling him. And then I get this email from my US office. To somebody called, I said, this somebody called Henry. He's looking for your number. He seems to lost your number. He's asking if <laughs> you can call him back. Henry, Henry told me, wow. I go, hey, Henry, how are you? You didn't call me. Uh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I was about to call you, but I was, now that I need you, you're not calling me. No, no, no. Okay, Henry, good to hear from you. What can you, look, can you bring your uh, software? To Bangkok uh, day after tomorrow. I really can't do that. Uh, my I need people, and the visa takes at least four days. I can come. I'm, I'm a Australian national. I can travel, no problem. But and I can't do the presentation. I'm not that you know technically. The other people need to explain. No, no. So like my Japanese, uh, you know, uh, principals are here, yeah. and they want to look at the software because I talked about you and Peter told about you a lot. So they they want to. Oh, it's Henry's. Please, no, no. Look, this is the only window you got. Bring your software. I'll look at it. No promises, but at least we can. So, Henry, let me see what I can do. So, I go off and I'm totally lost what I do. It's a great opportunity. What can I do? So, I said, okay. So, I called Peter Minchin in Bangkok, in the office. Again, I cultivated a relationship at personal level. I just really. Peter's at a Mercedes Benz? At Mercedes Benz. He's a CIO. But then Peter, Peter Kass was gone. This was Peter Minchel, CIO, same office. Mm. And a, a German guy, Rosmanit, was the MD. Now, this guy came from Australia, and they were my customer in Australia. Mm. So again, I had a relationship with him also. I serviced him, I gave him things. So, so there was good relationship with the MD and the CIO. So I called the CIO. Hey, Peter, hi, how are you? Sorry. Peter, I need your help. What do you want to give me? I, look, I need you to do something for me. What can I do for you? Look, Toyota wants to see my software. And they want to do after tomorrow, but there's no way I can bring the team. I can come myself. But without team, I can't show. So he says, what can I do? So I look, maybe, possibly, you can show the software. He says, are you crazy? They are my competition. You asked Mercedes-Benz to show, to demo to, the software to, to Toyota. Their own software, their own business. I mean, their own transaction. I said, Pera, uh, so are you crazy? And I said, look, this is the lifetime opportunity for me to get a big name. Because from beside yourself. And, well, Pera, when I get second customer, it'll help you because then I have more 
you know, I've got more money, I've got ability to get more people, mm. get you better survey. Come on, Pina. Oh, you bloody Pakistanis. You have no idea what you want. What you want. I said, I don't give a damn what you think about Pakistanis. This is not a problem here. <laughs> For God's sake, Pina, forget Pakistan. Ah, let me talk to uh, Rosman. Yeah, yeah, go to Rosman. Again, Rosman was my friend because, again, you know, work with him. So he came back, like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell them to come. Give them this address. Let them come over. All right, so I called him. Okay, I got you the demo. Uh, this is the address. Can you please be there at 10 in the morning, the day after tomorrow? And I'll be there. So immediately, same night, I took the flight. Next morning, the, the day I was in Bangkok, went to Peter, give him a big, big hug, kiss. Oh, go away. Don't hug him, kiss me. Anyway, I did that. And then he arranged the conference room. You know. But you didn't tell Henry. You gave him the address, yes, but you didn't tell him where you're going. Yeah. He, he, he's coming from Toyota. He has no idea he's going to Mercedes. Yeah, it's the same building, big building. Huh. 40 floors. So it could be any office there. Huh? So, you know, so he didn't realize. It's a Daimler office particularly. The building is the same. Huh? So he no, shows no. up and he's like... He shows up with Japanese guys. And they see Mercedes-Benz logo, big one. Mercedes-Benz lives in... Checking the address. Are we in the yeah, right yeah, place? Yeah. And, but I was also very good. He didn't say anything at all. He didn't say anything at all. Came in. The part, thing part was that the, the Mercedes-Benz, uh, the, the experts on that software were sitting there. Mm. The four guns, they were the group on the total users of software. Because they've been using it for three years now. So, so that sold actually because they were able to answer all the way. So here Japanese guys and Henry is asking mm. how it works, how it works. And they, they kept showing. Mm. It was all there. It was like they can have the software tomorrow and start the business from tomorrow. So that really even my people could not have done so well yeah. because my people are not the user. Exactly. So the user showing. Developers. So he said, and he said, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. I'm confused. What's the confusion? This is Mercedes. Yes. Software belongs to. That's how come you are. Look, Peter said to him, Henry, look, we are helping Salim. We want him to get more customer. You are a good customer. You get it. Good for both of us. He will have more resources than for us to support us. So yeah, we are trying to help him to become strong. Hmm. It was sold. It's just, it's, un, it's, it's almost unbelievable. As in, if you hadn't told the story yourself and I just read it, I'm not sure I would believe it. Um, it's such an incre uh, incredible moment. And I want to ask you about some of the low moments um, because entrepreneurship is certainly a struggle and I know there's a dark side and particularly the fascinating thing about Netsoul is you're listed on, on NASDAQ from a very early uh, age of the company, I think 98, 99 okay. and your valuation went up to I think $800 million at one point. 2000, 2001, and then a week or two later dropped and I don't think stopped until it hit like seven cents a share. So I wanted to ask, what was that experience? Like, how did you get through that? When they were sitting with Oigan Beckett in Bangkok, this is when she was at $80, $79. I was visiting him and we were having steakhouse steak and I was very excited and, and he was watching me very carefully uh, over excited face red with excitement she hit a million dollar worth I'm worth 300 million dollar and he said to me saying come down come down come down why so your money is paper money hmm. don't get excited 
I mean, sometimes people say things which are so hard hitting, and true to his word, within a few days, market crashed. All that hundreds of millions gone. You know, the share price was fine. Yeah, it was exciting, and yeah, I could have sold, could have taken hundred million dollar out easily from the market, but it never came to us at all because. Mm. As I said to you, I was too too busy building something to to build the software to build something institution which will last even when when gone, you know. So it never occurred to me, my brothers and me, that we can take the money out, hmm. uh, because it wasn't the plan. The money was not the plan. Money was not the key motivator at that time. It was what we were doing was exciting. But of course, when it was gone, that is shocking. Hmm. Not that you know, uh, it was the money. It was like that. That was where we could have you know used the money to grow and acquire. Mm. Could have done that. Sometimes I feel it was. It happened early, and it was good for us because if we had a longer good stint. Could have damaged us more because every business sees up and downs. But if you have too stable and kept growing for a long time, you're not geared for down. You're not your mind, your system, your structure, your processes are not. There are no no plans on if things go wrong. In our case, we were swing and then we went down very very sharp at the bottom. And just to add some context to what the bottom looked like. It wasn't just the share valuation, but you guys had the most hostile takeover ever in the oh, sense that, that it sounded like a military coup. Oh, that was a military I mean, coup. That was like the, with investors the, with coming guns. in yeah. with yeah, with the guns with guns. Yeah, into your building and saying, yeah. "Get out! We're taking." No, no, no. no they didn't get out. What they did, they came early, six thirty in the morning. The G wasn't in the office yet. Office not open. They came in. They broke the office and then closed from inside. So the chief coming here, door is locked. They can open. So his team getting out. That's what's happening. And, and this, by the way, is not in Pakistan. This is in the Los US. Angeles. <laughs> in, in my home state, California. It was so absurd to think this would happen anywhere in the world. But those were wild times. The shareholders were wild. They 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 would do, go to any length to do. So the chief called police because they don't say go away. Open up! No, we can't. This is our office. They said this is our office. So you called the sheriff. Sheriff came in. Said, "Hey, this is sheriff." So they opened the door. So sheriff said, "What are you doing?" They said, "This is our office." But they said, "So sheriff said, look, I cannot decide whose office this. I have no idea." Everybody is claiming, "Please go to the court." So, the, so our lawyer rushed. And problem was, we were from Nevada, so you have to rush to Nevada. Hmm. So they just drove to Nevada. And went to the court uh, to take a stop date or whatever that is. I said, okay, uh, I don't know who's true. So he, they said a summon uh, to the guys. They refused to take the summon. Yeah, they said this is LA, Los Angeles is not Nevada. <laughs> and so I could just imagine what I would be like. I mean, first of all, is the shock and the denial, and eventually. I would think the depression would sink in. I mean, frustration first, then depression. I mean, 
You wrote somewhere that it was scary. We didn't know what would happen tomorrow, how we would live the next day. You had salaries that you had to pay. You talk about having to go to Mercedes-Benz and literally pleading for them to that open up is a guarantee. The day I thought that earth will break and I'll go inside. Because I have been, lived with a very proud life in a sense that never asked for anything. I worked hard for my work. So uh, if I don't have it, I will not you know, use it. That's my motto in life. What I earn, I spend on me, but I don't borrow. I don't do that at all. And here we are, over 100 people in Lahore. And there's no money coming in for a period, no money left. But we do have half a million dollar cash sitting with Mercedes-Benz as a guarantee to complete the development. And we have not delivered yet. We have delivered only one of the four countries so far, three to go. So there's no way money can release. So I, uh, Najib said, Salim, my brother and I said, Salim, look, just talk. I can see if uh, anyway, because there's no other money. Share price seven cents, so I can't raise any more money. Seven cents will not raise anything at all. So that, that, that's gone. So only ways, and there's no customer paying yet. So I called again, and they knew what happened to the market. So I said, again, look, uh, I'll not call you until I was, I'm desperate. And here is the desperate times. Uh, you have to get me this half million dollar back. That will give us... Uh, you know, fund for a few months, and by then your payments are due. Mm-hmm. You're living, your payments are due, and it will be fine. As in, you just called him, or it took you some time. I can imagine, uh, like the the ego. I the, just said, like, I, I, I never ask for it. This is the problem with me. We have a relationship for five years now. I never mm-hmm. ask for any favor. I, I don't ask for favor in terms of business, yeah. but not as any. I do something for me. Never mm-hmm. said that to me. So yes, it was very painful, very painful. How can I ask that? Because it's a guarantee. We haven't delivered. Mm. I said, Salim, look, you know it's so I said, look, again, you have to do something. This is a desperate time for this company. There are 100 people. Mm. And, you know, we will just will not be able to deliver the commitment I make. So, okay, Salim, look, I, no problem. But let me talk to the MDs. There are four MDs involved. Let me talk to them. Let's see what we do. So, so Simpson repeated. He said, okay, come to Singapore. And you had to go repeat that whole process. The ple- this time the again, pleading. same conference rooms, four people, and I was studying like in a in a in a, in a court. Hmm. I'm studying in the court with all MDs looking at me, the CS looking at me, Oyan sitting there, and I'm saying, gentlemen, um, I'm here uh, retractively, but this is what happened to the market down, and uh, we have lost one of our service work, so revenue money is not coming in. At the moment, we are out of funds, hmm. if you release this money, this is going to be enough for us for a period when your payments are due anyway. Hmm. Because I'm going to deliver next country and then you will pay me. And so, and they agree with me. How can we do that, Salim? This is not right. Hmm. And you know, you should. Okay, so one says, What happens if you don't release this money? I said, uh, What was the name? Uh, John, I said, John, one somehow will survive. One of the MPs. We'll, we'll not die. But if you release it, hmm. we will manage it better and we will deliver our commitment and you will not regret. Anyway, after, I, mean, I, I still recall that day of standing and I just said, I hope this earth will break and I'll go inside and it will close so I don't see their faces. 
after quite some time of grilling, I said, okay, Sarayan, please uh, go to the other room, let us talk. Somehow, I think Oigan convinced them, because he was, and he said to me, later on, I was so embarrassed, Sarayan, that they have to grill you that way. It is not German like we Germans don't do that. We do it normally. So I was, I'm sorry. I said, no, no, don't worry. But what, what good thing they did was, again, they're very smart people. See, you have to have a smart customer. So they brought me back and said, okay, sit down. Look, we listen to you. All right. Release your payment, but in five tranches. Mm, not all at once. That was very smart. Five tranches. Very, 100,000 was enough for, so five months money now I've got. That is smart. Very smart. I mean, sometimes I think I was very lucky to have a customer who's always ahead of me. Mm. I mean, they, they know these things. Yeah. But it took you uh, crawling, essentially, that humility. Oh, it, was, it was. But see, humiliation is good for you, I tell you what. Mm. Because it makes something out of you. Mm. You learn to put your papa down, bow down your head, you know, you learn humility. And it wasn't for me. It was for the people, for the company. I did it, not for me. And in terms of strategy, I find it fascinating, this emphasis on smaller projects. Not that you intended for it to be like this, but you, you said somewhere that if you had secured a major project, 20 million, 50 million, maybe Netzal wouldn't exist or wouldn't exist in the same capacity. Can you say a little bit more about yes, that? Because I think we always no, want the big projects, it's the very big important one. important to realize what happens to the life cycle of a company? Mm. See, people don't realize how companies are built over the period, not in one day. I mean, it's very, it's very counterintuitive what you're saying. Like, a major project is, could be the death of you. When most people think a major project could be the, the life of us. For a long time, I looked around and companies were getting projects. Oh, I've got 500 projects. Oh, I've got 200 projects. Those are high days, high days of right. Here I am, $90,000, $100,000. But on one hand, they had big projects, but all services, and then I was building a product. Mm. One. Not agree, I wanted to build a project because I needed the money. You know, the, 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 the one setback that, that was again, 2002. Now these are bad times. You know, uh, it's been a year since dot-com crash and no new business coming in. And we get a call from St. George Bank, Australia. Get a request. We'll, we want to buy a software like yours. Can you come and show us? Hmm. So This is a major project. Major. It's, it's a, again, it's a big. Mega project. It's a mega project. So, okay, hmm. here we go. So I took, again, no money. We don't have money. Still, I borrowed money, put together a team, came to Australia. And we did three days of excellent presentations. Very excited about it. Oh, we got it. Oh, we will get it. They are so impressed with us. Mm. Anyway, came back. And after three days, we got the call. Sorry, you didn't get it. Mm. I, for two days, I was in my room, closed door. I didn't come out. I said, this is a disaster. This is the break we needed. The fact is that nature helped us by not getting that contract. Mm. Literally realized if we have got that assignment, we could not have delivered it. And they could have destroyed us totally, taken mm. out of the business. So, 
And that was about two, $2 million worth of assignment. Good money at that time. It didn't happen. Because your team would have been fully consumed. You wouldn't have been building the, the, yeah. pro, the, the product that you eventually built. Exactly. The structure of the organization, the sales team probably wouldn't have built. It, it feels like um, all of these things wouldn't have happened. So, uh, the logic behind it, there's a logic behind it. Hmm. In, early your li- in early life of a company, if you <coughs> end up with a big assignment, there's no time left to build the company and build the standards and processes and do the small things you need to have a institution build up. <coughs> You're so busy in delivering that assignment that you <coughs> ignore all other. Because money is coming. Why would you do your HR standards? Why do you have to do quality? Because money is coming. Why would you need to train people? It's already working. So what we do, we ignore the important fact of building a company and you know the basics of a company. And this is what happened to companies in Lahore. Uh, two of them really had, when I came in Lahore, oh, they had projects of $20 million here and there, and Time Warner and Northwest Airline, and, and, and it was exciting. Mm. What happened when the market went down? When market went down, they were not, even in their imagination, they could imagine there will be zero business tomorrow. Within six months, they folded. I mean, after 10 years of work, they folded because they could not. They had no plan, they had no backup strategy, they had no processes in place, they had nothing at all. Suddenly, this, this, this totally unraveled. Hmm. We were able to survive simply because it was small, but I was, you know, with the first company to do CMM level five, only company to date, hmm. nobody did it. None of my big companies did it. Day one, I went to ISO 9001, then I went to CMM. With no money in pocket, I still paid this Chinese consultant to come and do my audit with no money at all. In fact, we didn't pay his bill for nine months once. And still he came back to my second order. Because, because you had to, right? You didn't have a mega project. You were scraping, sc- scrappling of sorts to get more customers, to differentiate yourself, to build the culture. That's, that's the key. Hmm. Uh, stand out. Have stand things out. others don't have. So you are the one picked up by the, them. So that was the key here. Yeah. And exactly it worked out so well. By 2006, we were uh, same level five company. No one else has could done in Pakistan that we did that, mm. and that was amazing achievement for our Pakistani to do that. You know, and with with money being short, I still spend hundred thousand dollars to do my same one, but that changed it. Mm. Uh, I, I wanted. I'm conscious of time, and I wanted to ask some rapid fire questions. Let's go for it because yes, we are late. Yeah, not not that you have to answer them quickly, but I'll ask them quickly. Uh, Sajid Karmani, you brought him in in 1999, and he seemed to manage a lot of the operations and allowed you to focus on sales. And I think entrepreneurs and young enterprises often ask, when should I bring on a more senior level person into management? Why was this the right time for you to bring on this person or, or maybe it was someone else as well? For me, as I said earlier, I believed in institution building. I didn't want to do everything myself. I don't want to, you know, uh, hire people. I don't want to do sign checks. I want to focus on the customer. See, that was a strength I had. Remember how business came in? Mm. How Twitter came in? Because I had the relationship. Mm. I want to totally consume with the customer. I wanted to be, uh, you know, Somehow they will do anything I want. Hmm. 
that was so I needed someone I can trust blindly to manage the operation, deliver the shop, make sure it was working, and then build standards, build processes. That was the key to either Sajjad or somebody else. And so then in 2000, you brought in Tahir Malik, who was managing your HR. I mean, at that point, you guys had shifted to Y Block. You had about 200 employees. I think this is a question a lot of us ask as well, is when is it time to bring in someone senior in HR to build out these kind of systems? I wish we did have done earlier. Hmm. Uh, but still, uh, before Tahir, I hired locally, and none of them had that, that thing. I, I see. I very quickly I can see people, hmm. and I have this particular thing about people in my mind. And the success of Netsol is because of people, people like Sardimani, Tahir Malik, and lots of them who have really contributed. But they were handpicked by me. Hmm. And Tahir Malik was my friend in Australia when we lived there, and. Uh, he was an HR in Australian company, and uh, I really liked his uh, uh, hard approach on things. He would do sy- things systematically, so I watched him. So when I was desperate, I went to Australia to Thailand. I said, I, you know, I want you to move to Pakistan. He said, crazy? I said, yeah, I'm crazy, but I want you to. Look, I moved. I did well. I want you to move back. I need someone to look after my HR. And his wife is like sister to me, so I asked Shaheen. And she said, let's go, let's go to Pakistan. Mm. Salim saying, so we go to Pakistan. Mm. I said, look, oh, this is nice. My people are nice. My, you know, nice work for you. People will love you. And you have to come. So he moved. But he didn't realize where he's coming to. Because people were wild here. People were not used to standards. People were not used to processes. And here Tahir is from the, like a general from the army. He's very disciplined. And after two months, Tahir came to me. What have you done to me? I said, what? You didn't tell me these people are not this bad. I said, if I told you, you'll never come. I want my password back. I want to go back. I said, sorry, you're not getting your password back. Fix it, then you can go back. But he fixed it. He really did a good job. And then after five years, you said you launched the sales team. So this was, I guess, 2001. Uh, why was that the right time? What was happening at that point? I mean, I guess that was the stock market had crashed. So it's really interesting why that was the right time to hire. Always do team. things when you know when things are down because then it gives you more time. Hmm. When things are high, then you become too busy to to train and learn and to to make a plan. And At that point, you had, I guess, the the full suite of the product as well. about getting right? ready. So now you have to sell it or hmm. market it. Hmm. So though there was no market to buy, so again. Uh, I did my quality standards when there was no business. He said, are you crazy? You have no business. Said, but this is the time. Hmm. Now people can focus on learning the quality standards. If we have projects, we will not be able to get these uh, accreditations. Hmm. And how did you know how to price your product? Because you have this great story of Tom in Texas, which sounds so, was, <laughs> so typical. He was, you know, he's a good man again. And you priced it, I think, at 50000 And now I heard somewhere... You, uh, one license is like five million, a hundred x. How did you learn how to price the product? Because I think a lot of us, ourselves included, struggle uh, with this. Uh, there's no price. The price is of the customer. This is the message from Tom. So I went to Tom, and then Tom was a competition at that time in a different company. But I called him. Hey Tom, I've got this software developed. And this is we are talking about ninety something, ninety nine. Uh, of the software. Oh, come over to. Houston, okay. 
these tall guys are true American with so yeah, he and he kind enough to pick me up from the airport. Well, again, like good man. I was amazed. He didn't need to do that. So told him I'm coming with this flight. So he picked me up from the airport and this nice big car. Which, you know, Texas do everything. And I'm totally lost. So I sit in this small man with six and a half feet man, <laughs> sitting in a big car on his seat with my silhouette on. And he takes me to this office. Ah, oh, wow, what an office. All glass, all, you know. And his room, all, you know, lush. It was a lesson to learn on how I will do my office one day. So, so, I, so all right, he's kind. He took me for lunch, very nice lunch. I said, hungry? Yeah, hungry. Then nice steak. Just a steak I ate and then come back to his office. All right. What do you got? So I gave him this disc. Oh, nice thing. All right, sir, this is nice. So what do you think? What do you want? What, what, what do you think you'll uh, license that? Oh, $50,000. You can give it back to me. Go back to where you come from. That's not my customer. Said, my customers are managing portfolio worth half billion to a billion dollar. They will not even imagine that a software of someone can manage their software. It's all in the mind. Mm. Come back to me when you're ready with a few million dollars worth of software. So, but yeah, so today what you do is look at the portfolio and look at their, you know, uh, user base and then decide and, and customers understand that. Hmm. So today our license is, uh, you know, any deal could be over $20 million. Like that. Hmm. And C uh, the CMI level five, you said 2006 was the happiest moment of your professional life when you got... Uh, this certificate, certification, certified for this CMI level. But why did you know that that was the right time? What if you had done it earlier? I guess you had the ISSO certification as well. It's a crowd out there. Uh, I still killing people. And I will always, you know, when I go to uh, places, I will always wear a red, uh, odd color. I will wear odd color. And I do that because, you know, when, when I'm standing, in, uh, when I'm speaking, uh, I look at the crowd, I look at somebody different to I. Mm. That's it, standing out of the crowd. Everybody's doing something bright, something boring. So my eyes are moving, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm trying to catch eyes so I can talk. Like I'm talking to people in my speeches or my talk or my lectures. So I pick up someone with, which is very different. Well, I want to be that. And uh, there's a crowd of companies. Lahore has got 500 IT companies, software development houses. world has got thousands of offices. How would you stand out? So what is that? Well, different standards, all right, what standard? So we studied, oh, CMMI is one standard which is really very difficult to attain. Mm. Because they're, they're very stringent requirement. But when you attain it, suddenly you claim to be the best quality company in the world. Because at that time, there were only... 300 companies in the world, hmm. level 5. And 200 was in India. 200 in India. And USA only Pakistan. had 30, 40. Uh, Australia had 2. So here, suddenly a company from Pakistan is level 5. Hmm. In that pool, group of those, those elite companies. Hmm. What happens then? You stand out. Worked 6 years for that. 6 hmm. years for that to get level 5. And I love how... Not level five, but when you got the ISSO um, certification, you launched the ad in the newspaper, <laughs> introducing yourself to the Pakistan market. This was 2000. And I suppose it had been four years. And this was the right time, again, to differentiate yourself, to say, hey, look, 
this is us and we're different, which I love. Um, quickly and uh, ironically about your four-hour sleeping schedule. Obviously, that's not there anymore. Um, but for a while, you were sleeping just four hours a day. And I'm just curious because now it, it seems like things are much more sustainable. But uh, was that necessary to sleep those four hours a day? Was that the cost of NetSoul's success? Look, it, not that it was necessary. It, it was the need of that uh, NR because... Uh, I need to be moving all the time. Uh, indeed, uh, I had very few people to support me. Uh, it was myself everywhere. And uh, I knew I cannot lose this opportunity. I, I realized we have something big with the Daimler as a customer and this domain with us. And now that we own it, this is big. This is big. So, so there, there was this uh, concern in my heart and mind that this will be lost if we do not, if we hesitate or if we slow down. It's cannot slow down. You need to keep going. Uh, I like my sleep. I don't want to sleep. I'm, you know, I, I, I hate. But for, for even today, uh, uh, I sleep. Doesn't matter what I'm sleep, I'm, I rise, I wake up six in the morning because my trainer is at home. I have a home gym. So my trainer is down there waiting for me to hmm. come. And I do it religiously. I, I, I got this, you know, I am really particular about what I do. I do it properly. So sleep, not that sleep is not important. Sleep is very important. I tell people to sleep well. Mm. But looking after yourself and your work is important too. But now I sleep well. I mean, it's not the problem. It's not that. I mean, I can go home now and get some rest. It's okay. Because things have been managed well. But so those were very important times when uh, made sure that, you know, uh, we don't lose a moment. And if there's someone who wants to see me, I'll go and see him. And related to that, my last question is this transition from entrepreneur to CEO. How to, I mean, you have around 1,500, probably more people. NetSoul is always talked about as this you know, hub of innovation and excitement and the culture feels right. What was that transition like for you from entrepreneur to CEO? I think it just happened, not realized, realized much later than I'm a CEO now. Because I was, you know, getting the treatment of a CEO much later. But it just, it over the period, you have to hand over the work to others. That's how you become a CEO. You can't do everything. So, and then that realization came later that, look, I've handed over now sales to these guys, name to this, and this, and I've got now more time to myself and think the future. That's when you become a CEO, when you have more time, sit back and think. Before that, I was an entrepreneur running around. And few years back, it just, you know, we brought Naeem to Bangkok to take over sales from me. But that was a good break for me. Certainly, okay, you know, Naeem does a very good job. So he, he brought Asad, my nephew, he came from USA. We, I trained him, then I sent him to Bangkok too. So certainly, I had less. And that was great. So suddenly, I was coming, feeling like a CEO now. Mm. So it was a, it was a gradual. It may have happened overnight, but I don't realize what night was that when it happened. But it happened. So, yeah. But then CEO has its own. Uh, this is a very important role now in the life of the company. Uh, here, I don't have to now rush. But now I can calmly look at. And 22 years of work done, how do we now make sure it is not undone? Hmm. 
how we make sure that once we are not running the company, this company is bigger and better. That's what institution is about. A good leader always makes sure that, in fact, the company is better once he leaves because he has many created such an environment, such a you know, structure created that company will continue to grow. And that's the passion now left. I'm 62. I, whenever they want me to retire, I'll retire, play golf. Uh, I hope they will let me work because I enjoy what I do. Uh, but still, I believe company will run better maybe they will have better ideas when they took over whoever takes over i believe this will be inshallah our company which will be mm -hmm. here when we are not here inshallah.